Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 133, and today we'll be talking about Alone at Sea. I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Lapis Lazuli has been quite the level of controversy, and it only increases the more episodes you have that focus on her. Oh yes. People can't seem to decide if they hate her or love her, and it's... I like Lapis. I think she has a lot of depth to her, and I feel like... Unintentional water pun. Uh, wow, GC. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like Lapis, and I do like her character, and I like seeing how she's developing. And, I mean, obviously I'm thrilled that she's living with Peridot. <laughs> See, the problem I think that Lapis has is that she is the miserable character. She's Kind of depressed, and depressed people are no fun to be around. She's that donkey from Eeyore. Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore. She's Eeyore. I think that is, yeah, definitely part of it. I think, because I remember Lauren Zook talking about one of the episodes she storyboarded on, about how she really wanted Lapis to be kind of a message that you don't have to completely recover from a trauma to be okay. And that your sadness and your your recovery isn't necessarily a burden to others and that you should be allowed to find yourself without having to isolate yourself in that kind of way. Well, everybody knows it's questions that are a burden to others. Yeah, and, and, I, and I feel like Steven Universe is definitely a show that has messages about balance. And it's about how, yeah, you shouldn't be a burden on others. We saw that in Kiki's Pizza Delivery Service. Like, you shouldn't like you shouldn't depend on someone for your own well-being to the point where it's unhealthy for them. Oh, yeah, that's not even that wasn't even what was going on. What Kiki's Pizza Delivery Service was is that you don't have to be the superhero for somebody else. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, they'll be fine. You know, you got to make you time. Yeah, and I think like they also have a balance of you shouldn't completely isolate yourself and should be able to take your time recovering without it being like you're the bad guy. And and this is this is a thing we see more in later episodes. Right now we're just seeing Lapis, like, that's really in the forefront of her mind. In the other episode, she's more kind of okay with it. But, yeah, in, in this episode, Lapis is really suffering, and she's really trying to deal with it. And Steven is not understanding Lapis's point of view, and she's not understanding Jasper's point of view either, because... Steven sees Jasper as being the obvious bad guy, and he kind of erases the things that Lapis did that also weren't that good or that healthy. And I think it's I think the 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 message that the show was trying to to convey was that just because someone is a really bad person doesn't mean necessarily that you're a good person because you can still do bad and toxic and hurtful things and it's important that you acknowledge that and you try and grow from that instead of erasing that, which is kind of what I took out of this episode, and I really do appreciate that thing. I think that's really more of a side moral, if anything. I think the big upfront moral of this episode was about how dysfunctional relationships can be. I mean, Lapis yeah. even says that yeah. for for how terrible Malachite was, Lapis still, part of her still wants to go back. It's warning people that you know, just because a relationship is bad doesn't mean you won't want to go back to it. That's just not yeah. how humans are programmed. 
Yeah, and, and I think that's also another good... I think it has a lot of facets to it. <laughs> Gem joke. Um, it has a lot of different dimensions to, to what's going on. Lapis and Jasper's relationship wasn't as simple as you'd like to think. It had... It had a lot of complexity to it, and, and, and as it works, like, if you are with someone for a long amount of time, it kind of becomes your comfort, and even if it was totally unhealthy and, and awful and toxic, part of you wants to go back to that. Part of you wants to, to experience it again, simply because change is really hard, and, and, and sometimes there are aspects of the relationship that are appealing to you, even if the, the they aren't healthy. So Lapis's coping mechanism for all the trauma she's experienced was to make Jasper miserable, and that was not um, something that's necessarily healthy or smart to do. But yeah, I, th I think Lapis is... I I'm having trouble coming up with a word for it. Horror or disgust when she says that she misses Jasper, you know, for all of the all of the problems they had with their relationship, just the negative reaction she has to that admission. Um, again, I, I think we are, through her, supposed to kind of understand that it's not just you. This is this is how people are. Yeah, and it, and it, it's definitely complicated. And how in Jasper's mm -hmm. take on the relationship, Jasper really liked that power high. She oh yes. She's like a junkie who wants a fix in this episode. Yeah, and and she's completely willing to to erase all of the negative things that happened to have that back and to do anything for it and and it kind of shows this dynamic of how two different people will react to the ending of a really like bad relationship. You know, Lapis is feeling horrible and she feels like she's done horrible things and feels guilty for being considered the good guy. And and Jasper just she she just can't understand it. She can't analyze herself to that depth. She just she just wants to feel that high again and appeal to to Lapis's because she could understand that Lapis would miss it too, and she appealed to that to try and get her back. Yeah, we got to the heavy stuff in this episode just right at the start, but if you want to talk about stuff that was a bit too real it's Jasper, you know, telling Stephen, you know, the person who just wants Lapis to feel good, uh, telling, you stay out of this. Like, I'm confident that if you're not here, I can wheedle her into, into doing this. But you are a good influence. I mean, bad influence. Get out of here. Yeah, I, th I think that's something that is definitely real on how... Too real. Yeah, very, very real on how people who... People who have conflicts with others will try and alienate them. I, I've seen this several times where if you you can't really approach a person right, or if you're really bad with managing those relationships, you will try and isolate that person to to remove their support system. You will try and villa villainize them to the friends and the family, mm -hmm. so they don't have any support. Yeah, well, that's not going to work on Steven. Steven loves everybody. Yeah, and and of course, you know, Steven has a he feels this personal responsibility to give the best to everyone. And yeah, and I mean, I've seen in my personal experiences and and what people have told me, there are people out there who will try and isolate you, and that's very much a, a red flag. And how Steven didn't take it at all is something that I did enjoy from this episode as well. I mean, I I, th I think it's I think it goes back to Steven's attitude in Barnmates, where 
you know, you know, he wanted Lapis to at least give Peridot a chance. He said, you know, I know Peridot. I mean, I mean, I guess Jasper knows Lapis pretty well, but as far as Steven is concerned, she doesn't. She only knows Lapis from a very abusive, mutually, relationship. Yeah, they both had very different perspectives on Lapis. You know, Lapis was very misguided in thinking that she was doing a good thing, and even after the virtue of removing Jasper as a threat was gone, she found a lot of comfort in taking out that hate. <laughs> and that's what Jasper experienced. Jasper experienced all of Lapis's hate and misery and trauma firsthand. Like, she yeah. she got to feel that effect. And, of course, that was not, you know, Jasper deserves many things, but that probably wasn't one of them. Yeah, this this comes to probably my favorite quote from the episode where Jasper says that I thought I was a brute, but you, you're a monster. And there's like almost a tone of admiration in there. Like it's condemnation, but there's admiration in there too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and yeah, because hmm, that's just interesting. It's how everyone is capable of having really horrible aspects to them and capable of doing really horrible things. And that what really makes a good person is your ability to acknowledge the bad things that you've done and how it's hurt people and to grow as a better person and, and to make amends for the people that you've hurt and and to grow from that. Jasper did not want to do that. Jasper just wanted to cling on to those unhealthy aspects that really appealed to her. And she mm. didn't want to change, even though she said that she's changed. All that's changed <laughs> is her perspective on the relationship. You know, all she's changed is, you, you know, fusion isn't for the weak, it's for me. Yeah, and Jasper, who very much values power and control and being able to fly and all that kind of stuff, like... I do wonder, though, what would Jasper do as part of Malachite? Because she's a loyal Homeworld soldier, but she knows that Malachite would never be accepted on Homeworld, so she doesn't want to leave that relationship, but... I don't think she wants to separate ties with Homeworld either. I think she's just confused. Yeah, I think she's definitely recovering from the, I guess, the breakup, quote unquote. And she just doesn't know what she's going to do. I imagine if she did, if, if she did manage to convince Lapis, she'd probably unconvince her after a little while. Lapis would eventually leave if she could. But I imagine a lot of wanton destruction... Oh yeah, they definitely go back to fighting for control. Jasper would probably win again, and then... Yeah. Yeah, just trash the planet just because. Yeah, and eventually um, going after the Crystal Gems would probably oh, yes. be a big part of it. Um, And then, I don't know after that. Uh, that's a There's good a lot of lighthearted stuff in this episode we really do need to discuss, because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of heavy, real-world stuff going on that with these, you know, characters as the you know, the puppets that children can relate to. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, you know, another good thing is that people who are suffering can also laugh and smile and have a good time. So it's it's not necessarily, you know, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh where he's incapable of smiling. Like, Lapis laughs. Even when and, he is having a good time. Yeah, La La Lapis is laughing and giggling and smiling and, and playing with Steven, but, you know, she'll be reminded of things bad that happened and it'll be hard for her. and. And Steven has that kind of patience, and Lapis was so adorable this episode. <laughs> like, the show obviously does want to communicate that she is, at heart, a good person and is trying to change. I like how they use the name, the little Lappy covering up misery. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I wonder what they're saying with that. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was really funny. 
Very deep. Very deep stuff. I think one of my favorite jokes was Steven just blowing out his eardrums with the horn. No, I, that's what I thought happened at first, too. You know, that what? But if you watch his facial expression after he does that, you know, Greg kind of like, uh, you know, does the uneasy chuckle. Then you, then it, when you see Steven again, he's got this, this sly smirk on his face like, yeah, I was being funny. Well, maybe it was a joke. Maybe. It was still funny. It was still. Yeah, like, I loved it. it it's a very, it kind of reminds you that Steven is, you know, a little kid. And that's what little kids do. They just have fun being loud and obnoxious and <laughs> i'm just sad we didn't get to see the shuffleboard game <laughs> yeah we got the the gems playing games like that and hit the diamond <laughs> yeah that was fun that was we fun. have fun i like just how visually it was communicated that lapis is a dense son of a trucker like she is very heavy. There is a lot of mass packed into her frame because she cannot float or swim. She <laughs> she is at the bottom of the ocean and she is doomed to being on the sea floor. And I think what my kind of theory was that all those like bangings on the ship was Lasper trying to leap towards the ship from the bottom of the ocean. And she just kept on punching it. Or, like, clinging onto it with her fists and then having to let go. Until they mm. set down anchor and she could use that to climb. Never ha never got that mental image. I don't know. I think all those bangings was Lapis definitely trying- Not Lapis. Jasper definitely trying to get onto the boat. So. Mm. Mm. But I, I like that. Uh, just how classy Lapis is able to drink orange juice. Because <laughs> she can control the water in it. I liked how Greg- was sitting with that that little cocktail of orange juice with, mm -hmm. <laughs> he was like that classy old guy got his like really awkward you know beach middle-aged dad fashion and his hair blowing in the wind and his pinky yeah, out yeah, just he's like yeah <laughs> no but i i love the hey hey <laughs> yeah steven gets I his puns that. from greg i wonder if that's Something that Rose really enjoyed from Craig. Okay, so I, I have a question. The whole, what crackers go best with caviar? Water crackers? I don't get the joke at all. I don't get it either. I think he's asking, what are crackers? And then yeah, he's saying, water crackers? That's because... the only thing I can think of, but it's still not funny. Yeah, I know. I like mean, that's... Yeah, like, caviar, yeah. The, the, the eggs are laid in the water, but how does water cracker? It doesn't make sense. Well, they're fish eggs, so I guess. But I you guess. don't eat you don't eat them out of water. You eat them out of a can. Mm -hmm. We put them in a can before we eat them. I don't know. It, it might be it might be something that just sits with me for a year or two, like the invisible rotary shield from Message Received that I just for some stupid reason do not get it all until I have an epiphany. Oh, rotary shield. Oh, someone will explain it in the comments, you bet. I hope. Like, I want to understand this joke. <laughs> I think it was just, like, either a stretch or just not that funny. But, mm. yeah, I like Stephen and Greg bonding over just really, really terrible puns. And sailors with surprisingly clean senses of humor. <laughs> yeah, and Lapis's little little snort laughters. I, I love her. <laughs> uh... I'll give it a chance, but just one. I'm just thinking of Lars from Island Adventure. All right, but if it blows, I'm out of here. 
Mm-hmm. 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 Lapis, I, I just feel so sad about that poor boat, though. I, I really hope Greg had renter's insurance on it. Yeah, I, I hope he paid the extra however much for the insurance. Yeah, Lapis should have pulled an airbender, though, and brought the water up over the side. <laughs> that was funny. I loved all the jokes afterwards where Jasper was like, we could yeah. fly, and you know, she sure <laughs> flied. Oh, she no, my flew. favorite is the whole Lapis still misses Jasper, but her aim is getting better. <laughs> that is the best one. Yeah, she she obliterated Jasper, and that's that's interesting to show just how much well, how much of a powerhouse Lapis is without no, that, really. That's not even her obliterating her. That's what in the versus community they would call battlefield removal or BFR. She short circuited the fight, but I'm pretty sure that like if there had been a force field right there that that forced Jasper to take all that punishment, she could have taken it easily. Oh yeah, Jasper was not defeated. She was just put off to deal with for another day. I think it was similar to Amethyst hitting the pufferfish with the bat. Yeah. So we'll deal with her later. <laughs> uh, well, it would have been great to see a Steven Lapis fusion finally take her down, but I guess, you know, never send a fusion to do a Paradox job, right? <laughs> I think I think I'm I'm happy with Amethyst being Steven's first fusion. A Steven Lapis fusion now, I would be very happy to see, but I don't know. I think Peridot being Steven's first fusion would have, at a time, been appropriate. But at this point, I think Lapis has to be Peridot's first fusion. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. Oh man, the Lapidot drama within the fandom. The whole fandom has been really going downhill the past couple months, I think. Oh, that's what happens when you reach mainstream popularity. Yeah, and it's just been sad watching it go the way it did. I remember watching like a really old Vine compilation and it had a lot of Steven Universe Vines. And I just remember how happy and carefree we were before we started dragging the creators through Twitter and causing drama over ships and all that stuff. The problem you have to realize is that was never us. There is no us. There is only a large collection of individuals who all like the show. Yeah, and I think like it has a it, it does have a community social aspect to it. Certain behaviors have become too accepted and too yeah, it was just it's a whole culture thing that got out of hand and I just I don't know. And 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 I hear that Lauren Zook is leaving the show, which you know doesn't yeah, really come like, to a surprise to anyone. I believe I believe we counted it out and I think she's I think she's through season 5. I think that's what the count worked out to, given how many episodes she said she had unaired remaining. Yeah. That would put her having finished her contract at season five. Speaking of crew members who have left, uh, we recently got an announcement for Cartoon Network's new series of the year. Okay, KO, obviously, but there's something called Craig of the Creek that Matt Burnett uh, is one of the creators of. Hmm. Hmm. So MC Berber is gone. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, because it was, a, okay, I just got that. Yeah, uh, I'm not keeping that much uh, in touch with the Cartoon Network news at the moment, or what the creators are doing. It's interesting, it's interesting how shows lead to more more shows being made. Yeah, it's like the, the, the Pendleton Ward family tree just got bigger. <laughs> yeah, how Steven Universe came... Because Rebecca Sugar was working on Adventure Time, and the creator of Adventure Time came from another show, and yeah, Adventure Time produced a lot of other shows. Yep. So I don't know. I'm looking for. I've been looking forward to OKKO OK since before it was greenlit. 
Uh, now that I've heard of this Craig of the Creek show, the premise sounds interesting. You know, kids running around unsupervised and having, like, real adventures with real tree forts. The kids next door. Kind of. Kind of that level of appeal, yes. I was thinking that. Yeah, I mean, like, that was always an appealing show to me. I would have, like, you know, daytime fantasy. And yet Cartoon Network didn't pick up the Galactic Kids Next Door spinoff. There is no justice. <laughs> true, true. I mean, that maybe that's what appeals to me so much about OKKO. My soul burns for justice. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're airing Teen Titans Go more than anything else shows that. Yeah, I, I had the whole episode last week about all that schedule. Ugh. Yeah. Cartoon Network, I love you, and that is why I want you to have many shows form your base, not just one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought OKKO was just a game. I didn't know it was going to no. be a show. No, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a real show. Okay, that's cool. Hmm. Mm, but yeah, alone at sea. This this is this is this is very you know today's moral part of the portion of the series that we we were in and still are in actually. I think yeah, Stephen. Rebecca Sugar said very specifically that Stephen Universe's theme is very much love, and it should be and. and I think this episode is very much what love isn't. Oh, kind of like Alone Together was a contrast of what love is and isn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this this episode was very much um, having those lessons, and, and love obviously is going to be a lot about relationships, and what what is healthy and what isn't, and how characters will deal with the the things that go on in their relationships, and how they can build them, and the many different ways that they can exist. Hmm. Here, here. Here, here. Back to the barnmates. Or, well, that was actually same old world, but it led right into barnmates. <laughs> yep, so do you have any more to add about Alone at Sea? Hmm. I don't know if I do. There were very cute, funny moments. Um, I basically said everything I needed to say. I'd just be repeating it. Who names a pleasure boat the misery? I mean, I know, I know you can do ironic names, but still. Isn't misery the name of some sort of goddess or something from mythology i don't know it rings a very faint bell well let's do it quick <laughs> well there's a goddess of misery i'm assuming Ooh. that's pronounced Atlas. i don't know which pantheon she's in oh greek yeah i think greek sounded familiar uh, i mean close enough right yeah but no goddess is named Misery, at least not on the first page of Google. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it does seem to be, like, why would you name your boat that? That just sort of dooms it to fail. I mean, that, that's just that's just asking for trouble. Yeah, I mean, it was a very nice visual pun, so. Or not pun, but joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. The, the thin veneer over the misery. Mm -hmm. uh, but... So I guess that's everything we have for Alone at Sea. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.